left behind. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Randolo bosi andala bababa. Reka sonderi andala bababa. Rema sanderebe. Liandala bababa. Rise up and lift up your expectation today. Rika sandala bababa. Lema sandelebe. Riandolo bosi andelebe. Today will not be less of any other day. Rika andala bababa. Lema sokayandelebe. Rima sandelebe. Riandolo lift up your voice lift up your voice if you have been here throughout the conference, let this morning, let your prayer be, Lord, let me receive that additional thing that I need. Let me receive that additional thing that I need. Listen. I don't know if I'm the only one, but every time I go for a convention or a program, and then the man of God happens to lay hands on me and pray for me. Even though he has laid hands on me and prayed, I say, you can now go and take your seat. When I go back, I still want something else that he will call me again and say, come, I want to lay hands on you and pray for you. I think that this morning, you want that to be your desire. Yes, you have received on the first day. Yes, you received on the second day. And you received on the third day. But it also means that you can receive on the fourth day. Somebody lift up your voice. The Lord, that additional thing you have for me this morning. That additional thing you have for me today. Yes, Lord. Do not cut me off. Do not cut me off. Hey, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet this morning. I'm not done yet to God. Rando robo sianda la ba 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 ba. Rika sondelebe. Rianda la ba 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 ba. Rema soyandelebe. Rema ba 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 ba. Yes, 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 yes. Randa robo sikayanda la ba 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 ba. Rema sanda la ba 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 ba. Riandelebo sandelebe. Riba ba 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 ba. Hey, randa la ba 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 ba. Lema sondelebe. He did not promise us that our cup will only be full. He said our cup will overflow. It will overflow. Today is the opportunity of the overflow. Today you need an extra filling for the overflow. Expect, expect that measure that will cause your cup to overflow. Expect that measure that will cause the anointing that you have received this past day to overflow. Don't let your expectation be short this morning. 
Don't let God reduce your expectation this morning. There is an additional something. There is an additional something. There is an additional something that you need. That you need. That you need this morning. That you need today. Yesterday, our bishop taught us something. He said that the kingdom of God is for those who what hunger and what test. So, this is not a time to say, Lord, I am full. No, 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 no. You are doing yourself a disservice. Yesterday, a small boy, after he ate something, I asked him, are you full? He said, uncle, I'm not full at all. Oh. Hallelujah. Today, we want to be like a little boy. We want to be like a little boy to say, Lord, I am not yet full. I am not. I still have space. I still have space for something. I still have space. If you can fill it up and let it overflow. Fill it up and let it overflow. It doesn't matter if you are being greedy for anointing. No, no. This is a good. This is where your, your, your greediness must come. Yes. This is a good greediness. Because let those who didn't come, let them stay. But you are here. Lord, I want more. I want more. Something more. Something more. Something more. I have space for more, Lord. I have space for more, Lord. I have space for more, Lord. Yes, I have space for more. There is room. There is room for more. Lord, we have room for more. Lord, we have room for more. Yes, we have room for more anointed. We have room for more anointed words. Lift up your voice, somebody. Don't cut off your expectation. Don't let the last day be the day you cut off your expectation. Yes, Father, we thank you. We thank you. We bless you. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. Let us welcome Episcopal Sister Joy Felipe Bruce. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. It's unbelievable, but today is our last day. Amen. And I'm trusting God and believing him that the end will be better than the beginning. Oh, isn't that what the scripture says? Better is the end of a thing. If you believe it, just put your hands together. Hallelujah. We've had some awesome, awesome, awesome days. 
And I'm really loving the prayer topic that we should be thirsty for more. Never say that you've had enough of God. Hallelujah. Hold on for me. Hallelujah. Just bow down your head for a moment. Father in heaven, how we love you. Just love him a bit. We lift your name in all the earth. Let your kingdom be established in our praises. Again, Father in heaven, how we love you. Father in heaven, how we love you. Oh, we lift your name in all the earth. We lift your name in all the earth. May your kingdom be established in our praises. As your people declare your mercy. Let us pray. Father, we bless your name. We give you praise. We thank you for bringing us to the last morning of this wonderful conference. Thank you for the outpouring. Thank you for all you've done for us, all that we have received. We are so grateful, Lord. But we come and we say, Lord, we are still thirsty. Let today be another experience in your presence. Have your way. Let your will be done. Let your will be done. Let your will be done. In the mighty name of Jesus. And all the saints shall say, Amen and Amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow. I knew that people would be late today, but they are even later than I thought. So we've decided to just move ahead. Is that all right? Oh, is it okay? But I'm giving you two minutes to take your phone and just call your friend and say, ah, are you still at home? Are you still at home? Yeah, are you still at home? Wow. 
It's been a powerful conference. I believe that the Lord has done so many things. He continues to work in and with and through us. Amen. I'll tell you what I'll be preaching about soon, but just open up the scriptures with me to Matthew chapter 28 and let us read the scripture that we have worked with so much in this week, the Great Commission. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Hallelujah. It's a very precious scripture. The last words that Jesus spoke. Amen. Because his last words, uh, last words are last words. Yeah, last words are last words. They are very powerful words. And if you are wise, you don't um, play with somebody's last words. Are you with me? I remember a family where the father said, when I die, do this. And they did something else. Yeah, they did something else. And I remember one of the children was saying that it's not going to go well with us. Are you there? Because last words are very important words. You see, and his last words to us, in many ways, the last thing you say is usually the most important. It's like in all the words I want to say in my last few minutes, this is what has come in my mind. Go. Amen. And Bishop Ogo taught us so much about that. He spoke also about teaching. Last night was an exceptional session. I think, oh, it's good to clap. It's not too early to be clapping. Hallelujah. Teaching, and I know that teachers are arising from every church that is represented here. Amen. Teachers are arising. Teachers are arising. The reason why false doctrine is, is, is so rampant is because those carrying the true doctrine are silent. When you are quiet, you allow the fake to get too much space. Are you, are you getting me? Are you seeing it? Uh huh. So, teach, teach. Amen teach. And then he says, and lo, I am with you always. Now let's go to one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, John chapter 15 and verse 16. This is not Jesus' last words, but the other words of Jesus. And he says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit shall remain, that whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it you. This is a very, very interesting verse for many reasons. Many times, especially if you are born again Christian, you feel that you chose Christ. Ah, but it's not I gave my life. <laughs> I gave my life. Please ask the neighbor by you that do you have a life to be giving? Is your life in your hands? Please ask your neighbor, so are you going to be able to extend one more hair on your head the way you said you have given your life? So immediately you see that what we are saying is not exactly so. It's not exactly so. Oh, is it true or is it not true? It's not like that, oh. It's not like that at all. Because we cannot extend our life by one day. Not by one day. Hey. If you are alive, it is because God has granted it unto us like that. 
Hallelujah. That's why the doctors will tell you that there are people who they thought will live and then they, they, they kaput. And there are people who they thought would die who, and their time is now. Yeah. You can't get up and say, my willpower. What willpower will you use? <laughs> Hallelujah. So Jesus solves it for us and he says that, look, I chose you. Ah. Look at your neighbor and say, welcome, chosen one. Welcome. Welcome, chosen one. I chose you. That young man may not have chosen you. The young lady may not have chosen you. When they were choosing those who would be first in class, they didn't choose you. Hey, when they were choosing people, they said, oh, these ones are the pretty ones. They didn't choose you. When they said these ones are the muscular ones, they didn't choose you. <laughs> when they're saying these are the clever ones, they didn't choose you. Oh, when they say you are the fair ones, they didn't choose you. Hey. I remember Pa being in school and not being chosen for anything. So when my father in the Lord, Bishop Dag, in fact, we should have put our hands together for him this morning. I keep forgetting. Hallelujah. When he says that when he was in school, he was not chosen for anybody, I said, oh, then there's hope for me. Ah, this nice, handsome, anointed man, Pa, nobody chose him. Oh, then me too, there's hope. Ah, there's hope. But if nobody has chosen you, the people, you see, we must learn to understand who matters, whose opinion matters. Some people don't matter. It doesn't matter at all that your neighbor doesn't like your shoes. It doesn't matter. Your neighbor didn't buy the shoes. Your neighbor is not essential to your living. Your neighbor, it doesn't matter. If I turn to the neighbor, by if I, honestly, I'm sitting by you and you are my friend, but honestly, you don't matter. It's actually the truth. It's true. Oh, oh you have, not, have you not noticed the things that we do because we are thinking of what somebody is thinking? Yeah. We do so many things for the wrong reasons and to impress the wrong people. And do you know that the people are never impressed anyway? There's this story that we're told as children of a man and his son. They were going somewhere on a donkey. The man was sitting on the donkey. And as they walked to a certain distance, then somebody said to the, the man, you are a very wicked man. Oh. You are sitting on the donkey and the young boy is walking. So the man got down. And the young man sat. Then they went a little distance more. They met somebody else. The person said, ah! When is she You don't respect how can you be sitting on the donkey and your father is uh, walking? They say, oh, we are sorry. So they decide that the two of them will sit on the donkey. So the, <laughs> the father and the son, they all sat on the donkey. So when they sat on the donkey, they went a little distance further. And they met somebody and the person said, people are very wicked. Oh. Look at the small donkey. And you have put yourselves on it. So they came down. And they started walking, one on this side of the donkey. You are, you are, you are welcome, Bishop Freddy. Hallelujah. So, one on this side of the donkey, another one on this side of the donkey. Are you there? And then they were walking. They always say, oh, you people, you fool, pal. Ah, you have donkey, nobody is sitting on the donkey, you are a fool, pal. So the father said, you know something, let's just carry the donkey here. 
and they started. You see, if you follow the opinions of people, you will just do bad things. And actually, that's the main reason why we fall into sin. Your first cigarette from a friend, first drink from a friend, first fornication, a friend advised you, first girl you went with, a friend brought you, and you were trying to impress them. But the truth is that their opinion does not matter. The Bible says, you have not chosen me. Jesus said, you have not chosen me. I chose you, and he's the one who matters. He is the one who what? He is the one who matters. So if the one who matters has chosen us, then in fact we are chosen. I said, if the one who matters has chosen us, then we are really chosen. Hallelujah. I thought you'd be clapping for yourself. Amen. There are some of us who don't think that we can do much in church. And I'm speaking to you this morning today that Jesus chose you. Jesus, he didn't choose you. We don't even know why. What's the marking scheme? We don't know. We don't know. In fact, we do know. For you see your calling. Not so many of you are wise. So he chose foolish things. So tell your neighbor, welcome, foolish companion. <laughs> you see, I'm, I, I am saying it because we use it as the excuse and the reason why we have not done something for the Lord. Is it true or is it not true? So many times there are things that should be done for the Lord. And we say, oh, I'm not worthy. Uh, what, what are the excuses? I'm not worthy is one. Give me another one. I'm too small. I'm too young. I don't know what. And what? I don't qualify. I'm not clever. I'm not there yet. Today all your excuses are nullified and brought to nothing because the marking scheme of Jesus, we don't know. He's already told us that I pick foolish things. First Corinthians, let's go there. First Corinthians 126. For you see your calling, brethren. How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. So at least we know that, please stay on 26 for me for a moment. So at least we know that as he has chosen us, wisdom we don't have, might we don't have, let the nearest guy show you his macho, you discover it doesn't exist. Nobility, how many of us here are from a royal family? Most of them are lying. Or the royal family doesn't have anything much inside. Verse 27. Verse 27. That God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that were mighty. 28. And base things of the world. When they say base, almost like profane thing, things, things nobody will use. That's why some of us were rescued from a very some way life. And things which are despised have God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. You know, what we do or what you are doing, the fact that you are a believer is because Jesus just chose you. And the scriptures say in verse 29, the reason is that so that we can't glory. There's nothing to glory about. You can't wake up and say, you know, me, I'm very anointed. And when you look at my family that I'm coming from, I mean, your family is anointed. We can't say that. I'm very clever. We can't say that. 
Hallelujah. You know, so he says that you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Now he says when he chose you, he ordained you. Let's spend a little time there also. Because we, too, we know what ordination is. We know that ordination, you have done something and then, <laughs> well, in some places you have done nothing, they ordain you, but at least here. We know that you have done something, we can see a call, then we say, okay, let, me, or let us ordain you to something. But Jesus is saying that he has already ordained us. So the truth is that, the truth is that you don't even need another ordination. Usually we do it for the purposes of order in the house. Because the way human beings are. But if we are now going to talk about spiritual things just from Jesus' point of view, he has already done it. Which means that you are ordained already for the work of God. Oh, it's a good place to clap. Hallelujah. When he chose you, he ordained you. Now, when you are ordaining somebody, you are extending a certain authority to that person. That is why a pastor will be moving around with the title pastor. And after a while, he decides that I want to be ordained. And usually it is because he's coming to a point where he's bringing up other people who are going to have the pastor title. So he goes for an ordination. And the ordination is a way of conferring a certain level of authority on that person. And usually that's why he can now come back and say, I'm appointing somebody a pastor. If you are going to be a teacher, you can't just say, I finished school and so I'm teaching. You have to go to the school that will ordain you to be a teacher so that you are now fit to come and teach other people. You can't just wake up and say that, ah, look, as I've woken up, I've ordained myself teacher. No. So if you look at it that way, I think you understand it a bit. So it says he has ordained us for something. What is that something? It says, I've ordained you to go and bring forth fruit. Now, this is where we have a little problem. A little problem. Tell your neighbor, a little problem, little problem. I mean, tell your neighbor, I just came from Yankee yesterday, so it's a little problem. <laughs> a little problem. He says that we have been ordained to bring forth fruit. If you like, we have been chosen and we have been, you know, what should I say, lifted up and, and, and called and given a certain authority. And that authority is to do what? To bring forth fruit. The problem now lies in the fruit. What fruit? That's where the problem now is. Why is it a problem? It's a problem because in the church, we don't understand what fruit is. We understand it everywhere else, but we don't understand it in the church. If you uh, plant maize seed, what will you get? Okay. So that's the fruit of... Okay. If you plant mango tree and it brings apples, what will you say? I promise you, somebody told me that her grandmother is a witch. <laughs> and the evidence of the witchcraft, what tree was it they said she planted? She planted mango tree, mango, and then it became a grapefruit. Yeah. Is that, please, please don't ask me. I didn't say it. I was told. She told me. <laughs> but the evidence, yes, you said that it was a mango tree. You know, and they are standing on that to say that the lady is a witch. Please, I haven't seen, I, I, I'm not saying, I'm just reporting it. Because it's unusual. You, so if you plant tomatoes, if you plant whatever, how come we don't understand it in church? How come? How come a believer thinks that 
his fruit is a piano. How, how is it possible? It's like, is it not witchcraft? Is it not like the mango tree? That is a... Is the mango tree that has given birth to the grapefruit. Because you said that you are a believer. When you were going to bring forth fruit, you brought forth a piano. When you were going to bring forth fruit, you brought forth a, what again? A camera. <laughs> when you were going to get, bring forth, you brought forth a broomstick. So you have been sweeping as an usher. That's your fruit. Or you brought forth what? Some dancing. A dance. That that's your fruit. How is it possible? When we have agreed already that the fruit, whatever you put there, that's what it will bring forth. So if you are mango, you are bringing forth mango, you cannot come and say hibiscus flower for sobolo. You can't say that. How? But that's what we are saying in the church. We are saying that we are believers. And when we bring forth fruit, the fruit we have brought forth is serving water to pastors. <laughs> in other words, we are substituting our service in the house for fruit. Please, service is service. Fruit is fruit. Service, how do we spell service? S-E-R-V-I-C-E. In case your English teacher died early. <laughs> so I said what? <laughs> Somebody says service starts with C. <laughs> Hallelujah. It starts with S. So your service to the Lord is service. Please don't write me a letter and say that I feel that we are not respected in the house. I don't know where you got that feeling from. <laughs> I mean, we need the service in the house. If we didn't have the musicians, the music wouldn't be nice. If the ashes hadn't worked, I mean, as you are coming, you are now going to carry your chair from wherever and bring. No, 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 no. That's, so that's not the discussion. Tell your neighbor that your, your anointing to misunderstand is too high. Ah, misunderstand things. You don't understand. Amen. It's only in the house of God. Everywhere else, we understand that fruit there is fruit. But it's only in the house of God that we think that fruit there is service. It's not service. Service is service. It's beautiful and it's service. And young lady, if you don't have a beloved, maybe it's the service element in your life that's too low. Yeah. Yeah. Service is beautiful. One of the blessings, one of the blessings my husband and myself have had is to look after so many people. We've looked after people's children and we have discovered that as we taught them, service is beautiful. Don't be there no, they'll marry. Don't be there no, they'll marry. This one. Don't be there no, they'll marry. Don't marry properly. Oh, I didn't say anything. Yeah. Don't be there because service is beautiful. But service is service, please. And fruit is fruit. And so if we are arguing that the fruit of a dog is a dog, fruit of maize is maize, then fruit of believer is what? Thank you. Then fruit of believer is another believer. And so Jesus chose us and ordained us. An ordination is a very nice ceremony. He ordained us to do what? Bring forth fruit. And he's looking for the fruit. Oh. 
Not only that, but he ordained us to bring forth the fruit and that the fruit shall remain. We're going to walk into trouble very soon. Ask your neighbor, where's your fruit? Where's your fruit? Hey! You see, every empty chair in the church is a rebuke to the believers there. Every empty chair. Uh, you said what? Somebody says he will remove the chairs and spread out what he has so that a room will be full. <laughs> so that your fruit shall remain. It's even a prayer topic. Because the Bible says that if we pray according to the will of God, we have it. So whatever fruit you have, one say, Lord, it has to remain. Because that's what you ordained me for. The person has to remain. And we've been taught practically yesterday how to make it remain. I want to show you something in this scripture. Then it says that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. You have been praying. 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 Crying. Praying. Fasting. Crying. Could it be that this verse is testifying against you. That whatsoever. What is whatsoever? What's whatsoever? Hey, they're not minding me. I said, what is whatsoever? Ah. Whatsoever is whatsoever. Amen. Everything. Everything. Everything is in it. If you're a student, your marks are in it. Yeah. If you are a father, you are trying to build. Your building is in it. What again? Your marriage is in it. Yeah. Your beloved is in it. Well, you're supposed to be marrying your beloved, Tims. <laughs> Hallelujah. That whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. So here we are, and we have two clear scriptures which are detailing for us what the Lord wants. Very, very clear scriptures. Very, very clear scriptures. Showing us what God wants. Telling us what he wants. Amen? Amen. The first one in Matthew 28 where he said go. And John 15, 16 where he's showing us again in another way bear fruit. But we are there. And that is why this morning I'm going to be speaking to you about speed. Speed. Speech. These words were written down. Jesus said them 2,020 years ago. And after 2,020 years, for some of us, it has not been done. Or it's not done completely. And the reason is because we are being slow. Now you're very quiet. One of the greatest enemies of evangelism is the lack of speed. Slowness. You see, you can sit in this hall and we can bring all the anointed men and women of God to preach to us and speak to us about evangelism and we can be moved and we can cry and we can really be anointed and we can be filled and it can all come to nothing. And one of the main reasons why it comes to nothing is because of slowness. Slowness. Slow to do the things of God. 
We are very slow to do the things of God. We have made the things of God complicated. Complicated. So now, as we are finished talking about evangelism, you're now thinking, okay, I have to go and organize a team. Meanwhile, you didn't bring the team with you. So they are not here. So after you've brought them here, then you say, okay, I'm going to teach them what I learned here, for example. But next week, you have a convention. The week after that, you have fasting and prayer. The following week, you have revival. A week after that, there's a funeral. Another week was another distraction because we have a lot of them in the, in the kingdom. There's a wedding. In the wedding crowd, you spend two weeks organizing the church and people. By the time you get around to even deciding who is in the team, the wave has passed. The wave has passed. Slowness, it is the number one reason why nothing happens in the kingdom of God. Okay, I don't know if it's number one, but I just feel it's number one. Hey, mommy, it's because you are a choleric person. You see, you be talking and be uh, uh, giving me names. I will not say much to you today. <laughs> Amen. Amen. What I'm saying, is it true or it's not true? You see, when the instruction comes saying go in, just get up and go. Just start moving. Oh, so are you saying that uh, we shouldn't plan anything? You see, listen, my former job, eh, my former job, when I was a, a lay pastor, it was as a master planner. As a master planner. You want me to give you smart objectives right now? Specific objectives that we can measure, that are attainable and repeatable and time-bound. You want me to give you smart? Well, we can do that. But that's also why things don't work. When the spirit is moving, eh, just move. Just move. Uh, please, uh, so what if when we go? No, 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 no. Don't start the what if. Have you stayed for me at John 15, 16? Yeah. You have not chosen me. I've chosen you. I've ordained you. Go and bring forth. Just go. Where should I go? Anywhere. How should I go? Anyhow. To do what? Anything. You know, it sounds very careless. But it is not careless at all. If you don't start moving, the wind that is carrying you will pass. It will pass. I'm going to give you a few examples. Many years ago, when we were in Tamale, a time came when our bishop visited us and something unplanned happened. He had, it had been a while and he was just coming to encourage the church. And it was during the offering time. That's why you should take offering seriously. During the offering time, he was holding a basket. Give me my basket. And then he said... I want an offering of, you know, a certain amount. I don't remember. Something like five cities. In those days, we were using the other currency. I think it was, yeah. So he wanted an offering of something. 50,000, yes. So people started coming. So when they came, it's like they've come. One, two, he was counting. Three. Then they ended at nine. Then he said, oh, nine is not a nice figure. One more person should come so that it's ten, you know. But instead of one person coming, 
Four came. So it's 10, 11, 12, 13. They said, oh, 13 too is not good. Two people should come so it's 15. So, <laughs> you know, just to round up his offering. So, but instead of 15, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. He said, oh, okay, let's get to 20. Last, last one, 20. So he continued, but instead of 20, 23. So we were still on this offering when suddenly the wind in the room changed. The whole room became cold. And then he said, as many, um, what, what shall I say? As many people, as many as come to put the offering in there, so shall be the number of branches in the city, in Taman, in the north. Yeah. At that time, how many branches were we by then? Maybe just on two or three branches. So this was his proclamation. And the people kept on coming. And I still remember the figure. We kept counting until 144 people had brought that offering. And he said, so shall it be. And he put the basket down. So after he left, my husband said, hey, daddy says 144. You see, I need you to understand that some of us who were there we're not indigenous speakers of the language. We were people who either we had moved in or we had, they had moved in from different parts of the north, whatever. Now, we were surrounded by villages from one tribe. But something had just happened in the church. And my husband said, we're going for it. So he started the first branch himself. And we started to go. As we moved on that wind, that wind, 10 branches, 25 branches, 40 branches, 52 branches, 70 branches. Yes. Everybody who just got up and said, I will go. I will go. Some didn't know anything apart from, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that, so let's go and preach it. Whatever it is, only your, we just went. After a while, chiefs began to send to us that, ah, but you have come to open a church in the neighboring town. You have left my town. They said, please, we are sorry. We are coming. That was another branch, another branch, another branch, another branch, another branch. As we moved quickly on that wind, we started the branches effortlessly. Effortlessly. We still did not speak the language. We're still using very young people. Some with not so much education. Those who could speak the language, because I didn't have much education, they were also going. And we went into these towns. And I need you to understand that these were Islamic towns. The chief was a, a, a Muslim, and he had his own personal imam and his own personal malam. But as he spoke the word, after a while, please take your seat, the normal or the ones who were, should I say, the, um, the people who were obviously who could go, the shepherds, you know, most had gone. Then there was a break. After the break, those who started to go, the way they, they struggled there, the way they struggled to get a chief who will agree, the way they struggled to get a place that they will meet, the way they struggled to just do what others had done so effortlessly. Listen, when you hear, when God speaks to you, you get moving. Get moving. Don't spend too much time 
asking questions. Of course, when they went, we would bring them in, we'd do in-house training, etc., etc. But while we were doing it, the churches were being grounded, the churches were being started, the people were being won to Christ. We can Reverend Albert, were you not there at that time? What I'm saying is it true or it's not true? And you too, you went to where? Bimbila. That's a graduate from somewhere who was now in Tamale. As they were going, he said, ah, please, me, I can go to Bimbila. He went to Bimbila. Uh, you don't know where Bimbila is? Up to today, there's no rubber road. Okay, I didn't say it. <laughs> Are you in the house or you have traveled? Today, Bimbila is a mission. Major churches and things. Yeah. So when God speaks, you just move. Amen. You cannot answer every question. You can't. And so if we don't speak the language, the other people who speak, they should translate. We'll be managing it. We'll be managing it. Hey, but how are we going to get to the village? Listen, either you go on bike, you go by car, or do you have a pair of feet? Get going. Move it. Yeah, just move. We have become too comfortable and too primpro. We don't seem to understand a lot of things anymore. If I don't have a car, how will I go? I remember when I started working with our bishop's books. I was told that. My father just come and said, these books, they must go. I said, it's true, they must go. I didn't even know much about what I was supposed to do anyway. I learned on the job. Then somebody told me that, oh, you know, if you are going to do books work and you don't have a car, it will be difficult. I said, ah. But if I don't have a car, I don't know other cars. I don't know, there's nothing moving. We'll still move. And I'll take my team and we'll find the bus and we'll put the books on the bus and we'll get where we are going and we'll do what we want to do and we'll carry the books back. Yeah, we'll carry it back. One time I remember we were going to Sunyani when we got to the metro. We waited and waited. There was no bus. Look, when we looked at the queue, it's not going to finish today. And we said, look, they should go and look for some Trotsky and bring it. And we, in those days, my team was a lot larger than it is today. And we just filled the trust and we put the books on the seats and we sang and we made noise behind the diverse ears all the way to Sunyani. Have we not arrived? Once we have arrived in the town, will we not get where we are going? Hey, you are very quiet, though. You are waiting for a four by four before you go on evangelism. You'll be sitting, oh. You'll be sitting, pa. The church has become very quiet. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So when it was time to do crusades, I said, Pastor Seth, we are going. Are we not going? No, we are going. I mean, Pastor Freddy is so blessed. He had a rechargeable speaker. We didn't have anything. So us, we go and meet it. That's how we do it. I remember we went to a crusade somewhere. The first night, the first three nights in Nakwandu, we had a great time. About 4,000 people gathered. We had a major, for us, that's a major crusade. I don't know about you. Maybe you've been having the large ones. But we, dear fathers, we have not seen it before. <laughs> we had a lovely crusade. And from there, we were going to the, Wale Wale is a serious Muslim capital. From there, we're going to Wale Wale. So we spoke to the sound guy. And we said, okay, we're taking the lead. He said, oh, he'll be coming. <laughs> and we went. We arrived in this town. That's me when I get there, my job is to pray. So I was there praying my prayers around 4.30 p.m. Pastor Seth called me. He said, mm, Mommy, 
If we don't pray today, this grace will catch us from somewhere. The sound man has just called me to say he won't come. <laughs> when I say sound man, it's just one of these guys in the town who has equipment that we are. Hey, you are very quiet. Oh. The guy said he will not come. You see, sometimes in this life, you have to just understand that God is the one who built his church. And I just said, well, okay. He said he's, the Lord said he's, I mean, he has, we, yeah, we should go. So we have come. If there's going to be a crusade, Lord, you know that this voice, if I shout, where will it reach? So I said, okay, I'm praying. Go on it. That's why my prayer warriors, my prayer team is so precious to me. You know, I just sent them a text that day. I said, Charlie, guys, keep us in mind. Keep praying. Are you there? Do you want to know how the story ended? <laughs> so Pastor Seth and our pastor in that town started going around speaking to the pastors. Because when we go to a town, we don't just go to have a crusade. We talk to every church that is there. We try to get them to work with us. When Bishop Ogo was talking about pastors quarreling, we have seen things, I tell you. Ah, souls are going to be one to you. I'm looking for something to quarrel about. Anyway, in this particular town, the interesting thing was that they, they were not quarreling. And meanwhile, I know it to be a town where the pastors quarrel, but when we went there, we didn't experience that at all. So as they were trying to get us equipment from another church, because there are churches that do crusades all the time, <laughs> one pastor looked at us and said, are you guys serious? We've actually come here to do a crusade without equipment? Are you serious? As he was saying, are you serious? He was opening his equipment and he took half of the equipment, gave it to the guy and they came and they set up and we started to have the crusade. The next day, the man brought all his equipment and as he brought, it was the town that we saw major deliverances. I've not even finished preaching and manifestations were beginning. You are waiting to buy a speaker in fact, the day somebody called me and said that, I'm going to buy you all your equipment. The person asked me the price. The truth is I hadn't gone to look for it. So when you're asking God for something, you better know how much it is. <laughs> Are you in the church or you have traveled? I'm talking about speed. Just go. Just go. We began to see people being healed. We began to see people being cured. We began to ask for the salvations. At a point, I said, guys, don't count. We can't count. And we don't have the technology they use. There's the technology they use, the GPS to count. We don't have it. So the Lord has done his work. What are you waiting for again? What are you waiting for? When you start going, that's when you suddenly see that people are helping you. That was when one of our sons who we had won to the Lord years before, he got up. Today he's a wealthy man. And he got up and said, Mommy, I'll help you. I tell you, the guy is living in Tamale. He will get up from Tamale, drive to Kumasi to pick me up. When the students go and buy for yourself, oh, I bought it already. Yeah. But if I was sitting, it's not likely he will call me to say, I feel like taking you on a crusade. Yeah, you are very quiet. He called you this morning. Wow. To check what's happening here. Wow. Oh, it's true. You see, by the time we are where we were arriving at the crusade grounds as if we were, in fact, that's the crusade at which they dashed me things. Yeah. We began to see things. But when we go there, oh, please, I like the Aboya picture. Yeah, is it not human beings? Don't worry. 
<laughs> you are looking for something. These are souls. Are they not people? So stop looking for. <laughs> VIP bus cannot take those routes. And then, I'm still telling you my story. And I'm showing you how God began to bless us. So, by the time we finished that crusade, the next town we were going to, the, the pastor, there was a pastor there helping us. And in that town, the fight was serious. The local, the local council or whatever they are, they didn't like some of the pastors at all. <laughs> but there were enough pastors to have a crusade. Then one of the men, the pastors there called and said, I know somebody with equipment. I'm going to get it. We got the whole setup for free. Wow. And we preached. And we preached. Everything. I said, and we preached everything from stage to sound. So today, if you see that we have our own equipment, we did not wait. We did not wait. When he said go, we went. Why did we start in Tumu? Because that's the name I heard in my ear. That's all. Why didn't you start in Ketekrachi? Because I don't know. I didn't hear Ketekrachi. I heard Tumu. So what if it was a mistake? Would you not rather make a mistake trying to obey God? He will have mercy on me. If it's a mistake, he will just have mercy on me. Rather than he, it was him and you didn't go. I would rather go thinking that it's him than not go. Hallelujah. I'm talking about speed. I said, I'm talking about speed. Yeah. Sometimes in the church, I just tell them, this level of leaders, you are all having your crusades around. Yeah, that's it. By the time you start to shiver, you are already preaching. <laughs> no, it is true. We are trying to make, you see, let us remember that when Jesus came on earth, everywhere he went, he walked. Master, man, you don't look like a very athletic person. You are right, I'm not. <laughs> so if I can do it, you can do more. No, that's all. If I can do it, you can do more. Oh, don't you get tired? You too, don't you get tired? Ah. You see, let me tell you something. If you will take the word tired, T-I-R-E-D, and delete it from your life and from your dictionary, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Just delete it. You'll be able to do everything you have to do. Yeah. Don't you get tired when you go? You too, don't you get tired when you stay? It's just a question. Amen. And you know, we are in the most blessed country in the world because there are not so many places in the world that you can just take a box, turn it upside down in the middle of the street, hold, uh, you know those, uh, what do you call them? Those horns, mega, and start preaching. You can even do it in the center of the road. <laughs> and they'll give up there. Eh? <laughs> yeah. People are doing it, but they are doing it to collect money. And they are doing it to collect money because we who have souls together haven't gone. I hope you are making plans. As you are sitting, you are making plans to go. Yeah. And so that is why when you ask me where you should go to, I say go anywhere. Anywhere. I mean, I remember one of my groups that I sent, they were supposed to go and have 
a crusade. We call them carnivals when it is, you know, to the young people. And I sent them to a place and they tried to get a proper venue and they couldn't get it. They went to a hostel in front. The front of the hostel had a very nice place. They went to ask permission. And Ghana is becoming very some way, especially towards God and the things of God. So there were 22 excuses why they can't have it on that park. They went here, they couldn't get. They went there, they couldn't. God blessed the young man who was leading, leading them. Because that day he said, Mommy, you know something? There's a bus stop across the road. We'll set up on the bus stop. We'll do everything. We'll be done and out of here before any authority figure comes to say. And they did it. And they won some huge number of souls. I can't remember how many. It worked. So they're not going is because slowness has caught us. As you are there, how comfortable is your house? It's not comfortable. Still, uh, you are going to the public uh, toilet. So why do you suddenly think that when it is time to go on evangelism, unless a car is brought, unless a bus is brought, unless you are fed, unless something, unless something, come on, just get up from where you are and keep going. As you go, you will be surprised at the provision of God. Yeah. I say you will be surprised. For me, the first thing that happened when I started moving around with my books, my husband had a four-wheel drive. And he just left it for us to use. He just left it. He didn't have another four-wheel drive. So it was almost as if it was mine. <laughs> yeah. That's why when you're marrying, you should marry with a little... Uh, please let's not go there this morning <laughs> let's not go there this morning <laughs> amen the next thing that happened we were now planning our next crusades and I had told pastor said that you know let's see whether we can hire the equipment from here so that at least it's with us nobody can say I won't come so it was in that you know trying to look for a place that one of my sheep who was, I brought her up in the Lord when she was a young girl, 9, 10, 11, 12, until she, was, she left for SHS. And she called me and she said, how much do you need for the equipment? And she bought the first half. Yeah. But the point I'm making is that if we were sitting, ah, if we were waiting, you see, there's a place to wait, or you wait on God, but you don't wait to carry out his instructions. If he says, just do it. Yeah. I said, if he says it, just do it. Um, Pastor, there will be a lot of confusion. Okay, you have been waiting. Is there not a lot of confusion? I'm just asking. Second Chronicles chapter 24. As for today, it's our last day. So just put your, your, your... and you came late too, like me. So just put your watch away. Let the Lord talk to us. Second Chronicles 24. I'm reading from verse 4. You see, in Second Chronicles 24, we meet one of the kings who started well. He didn't end so well. But let's read something. It came to pass after this. Let me read it in the NLT. At one point, Joash decided to repair and restore the temple of the Lord. You see, so this was not a priest. He was a king. Let's go to verse 5. He summoned the priests and Levites and gave them these instructions. Go to all the towns of Judah and collect the required annual offerings so that we can repair the temple of your God. Do not delay. Can you see it? Do not what? 
do not delay. Just a moment. I'm opening something here also. Wow. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, do not delay. Okay. Powerful. We thank the Lord for all these touch, touch things. <laughs> Only that when they fail you is terrible. Okay, good. Now, so, he told them not to delay, but look at it. It says, but the Levites, these are the priests. The priests did not act immediately. Did you see the instruction, do not delay? Now, what did they do? They delayed. The first question you need to ask yourself is, why was it the king who was giving them that instruction? The reason the king was giving them that instruction was because the Levites, who were the believers, who were the servants of God, who were the Christians and those who work in the house of God, they were, they were too slow. They were the ones who should have gone to the king to say, this is what we want to do. And so when you decide to be too slow, one of the things that happens is that you will begin to take the instructions from the wrong people. Verse 6. So the king called for Jehoiada the, the high priest. You know, to let you see who Jehoiada the high priest was, let's go back to verse 1 of this chapter for you to see something. Joash was seven years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 40 years. His mother was Zebiah from Bathsheba. Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight throughout the lifetime of Jehoiada the priest. Jehoiada chose two wives for Joash, and he had sons and daughters. So have you seen who the person, I mean, is? Now, so this high priest was a correct guy, and he stood by this king and helped him. Now, the king has gotten to a place where he's beginning to now come into his authority, and he realizes that the temple is not working. And so he now tells them to go and do something to get offerings. Are you there? The offerings in the house are for the house of God. And they didn't do it. Verse 6. So the king called for Jehoiada the high priest and asked him, why haven't you demanded that the Levites go out and collect the temple taxes from the towns of Jerusalem and from Je of Judah and from Jerusalem? Moses, the servant of the Lord, levied these tax on the community of Israel in order to maintain the tabernacle of the covenant. I want to ask you a question. At the beginning of this chapter, who was in the lead? Who was ahead of who? Was the high priest not ahead of the king? The king was a young boy. And he was helping him to grow. But as he grew, the high priest did not continue to grow. And that is why the king got to a point. Remember, it says that at the beginning, he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. You see? So he wanted to please God. And he wanted to please God. He realized that, oh, the temple is destroyed. So let's take the offerings. And he is now teaching the high priest how Moses used to keep the church if the church does not get up. 
to send itself to go and do what God said. Unbelievers will give us instructions and we are seeing it today. You are very quiet. Hmm. Yeah. Are we not seeing unbelievers giving us instructions? Why are you sitting between your, there's a gap between you and the other person? It's an instruction. Because maybe we are the ones who should have told them that COVID is coming. Okay. Let, let's not go there this morning. Hmm. So, the king was the one who now gave the instruction. And then they explained to us how they happened. Over the years, the followers of wicked Athaliah had broken into the temple and had used all the dedicated things. Are you seeing it? Verse 8. So now the king ordered a chest to be made and set outside the, king, the gate leading to the temple of the Lord. Then a proclamation was sent throughout Judah and Jerusalem telling the people to bring to the Lord the tax that Moses, the servant of God, had required of the Israelites in the wilderness. This pleased all the leaders and the people and they gladly brought their money and filled the chest with it. Whenever the chest became full, the Levites would carry it to the king's officials. I want to ask you, what is the money meant to build the house of God doing with the king's officials? When you are slow, the things God has meant to use to bless us. Hmm. Anyway, because remember, up until this point, the guy is okay. Verse 12, the king and Jehoiada, you see, it should have been the priest building the temple. That's how it was in the Old Testament, but now the king has come inside. The king and Jehoiada gave the money to the construction supervisors who hired masons and carpenters to restore the temple of the Lord. They also hired metal workers who made articles of iron and bronze for the Lord's temple. The men in charge of the renovation worked hard and made steady progress. They restored the temple of God according to its original design and strengthened it. When all the repairs were finished, they brought the remaining money to the king and Jehoiada. Do you see again? Church and state. <laughs> okay. It was used to make various articles. You know. It was used to make various articles and so forth. It went on. There was, a, 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 what should I call it? A revival, if you like. Verse 17. But after Jehoiada's death, the leaders of Judah came and bowed down before King Joash and persuaded him to listen to their advice. They decided to abandon the temple of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and they worshipped Asherah poles and idols instead. Because of this sin, divine anger fell on Judah and Jerusalem. Yet the Lord sent prophets to bring them back to him. The prophets warned them, but still the people would not listen. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Zechariah, son of Jehoiada the priest. He stood before the people and said, this is what God says. Why do you disobey the Lord's commands and keep yourselves from prospering? You, are, you have abandoned the Lord and now he has abandoned you. Then the leaders plotted to kill Zechariah and King Joash ordered that who ordered? King Joash ordered that they stone him to death in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. That is, was how King Joash repaid Jehoiada for his loyalty by killing his son. 
Zechariah's last words as he died were, may the Lord see what they are doing and avenge my death. Hmm. This whole sad story has its genesis in the slowness of the people of God to do what was right. And when we don't do, that's why I keep on saying that false prophets can, can do what they are doing, false so-called false churches, because the true are quiet. And the reason why we are quiet is that we are organizing. We are arranging. We are preparing. You know something? Take as long as you like to prepare your conference. Take as long as you like to prepare your convention. But when it comes to the winning of souls, move. Just go. Go. After all, I have not seen a verse yet saying that we should have a conference. Thou shalt have, I mean, as he's going to heaven. So thou shalt have a conference. I'm not saying they're not good things. They're good things. But I don't see a clear instruction in that way. Teach and teach and we're teaching. Are you here? But here was a clear case. And the Bible says that the king rewarded the high priest's loyalty by killing his son. As we take our own sweet time to obey the instruction to go, the wind has already turned against us. Today we are being forced into a defending state where we must defend ourselves. Were we not all here when we saw them writing things about pastors and money and tithe? Uh, you are, you are, you are, maybe you're not in Ghana. I don't know where you were living. And then there are arguments and discussions. They're arguing about what? To who do we owe an explanation of what we're doing in church? But you see that we began to defend ourselves. There's a very nice book on leadership here by Bishop Doug called A Good General. And in it, one of the chapters, he says, when you rise up to defend yourself, you have lost. You have lost. When you rise up to defend yourself. And in it, he gives a description where he says that if to defend yourself, normally to defend yourself, you close yourself in. You know, you do something. So if it is a city, you build something. If it's here, you build up your walls. Defend yourself, you are here. That means your enemy is free outside your walls, but you are in prison inside your walls. When the church has to begin to defend itself, it's a very bad sign. Your enemy is outside, so he can go and get the plane to bomb you where you are. But you, what was inside when you were building your wall? That's all you have. That's all you have. And when Jesus gave us that command to go, he meant it. He meant it. The reason why today we must defend ourselves, because if we don't defend ourselves, homosexuals will soon be the preachers in the churches. And it's happening in other places. 
here. Let, let's come to Luke 14. If I continue, we shall all be depressed here. <laughs> Chapter 13, just a moment before we go there. In the table of God. When you become a defender, you have become a loser. Are you there or you are angry? No matter how well you defend yourself, you will eventually be the loser. The attacker is always at a great advantage and will defeat his enemy. If you prepare your defenses and invest heavily in defending yourself, you will have to make sure that your enemy does not develop attacking mechanisms that are superior to what you are preparing. Hey, an established church will try to defend itself against winning attendance. If we continue, we will end up <laughs> elsewhere. Luke chapter 14. I'm talking to you about speed. Speed. I'm reading from verse 16. Luke 14, reading from verse 16. A certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto them, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly. Oh, you don't see the word there. Go out how? Quickly. Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the in hither the poor, the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. One of the reasons for fruitlessness is slowness. Slowness. You see? Slowness. You keep on planning. And many slow people will um, they will use Ecclesiastes 9.11 as a defense. <laughs> it says, you guys, I need speed. It's too slow on the road. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. A beautiful scripture, but I'm very happy to inform you that there are so many other scriptures also. Remember we said one scripture must be balanced by another. This is also true. It says time and chance happen, and it is true. That's why recently there was a football match, 6-1. <laughs> There has also been Olympics before where the slowest swimmer took the gold. And the reason was because it was proven that all the others had jumped in a bit ahead of the gun. That's chance. You can also say God, if you like. But the thing is that we don't have any control over time. Or you have control. Can we do something to let the time go a little faster? A little? No, time is doing its own thing. Chance is doing its own thing. So, they come in to operate from time to time. 
but you and I don't know when. And so until the day, time, and chance come in, the race is to the swift, and the battle is to the strong, and bread is to the wise, and riches is to men of understanding, and favor is to men of skill. Those things we can affect. What we cannot affect are time and chance. And that is why sometimes you'd have done all your things and it doesn't really work. But until time, I don't like to use the word chance because I believe that for me as a believer, it's God. So until God decides something different, that's why it doesn't matter how anointed you are. If you're going to do, you're a student, you're going to do an exam, you've got to study. Uh-huh. Because even though <laughs> time may help you and, and God may do something, you, you can't tell when. You can't tell when. One of my young ladies told me a story one time. She said she was going for a, 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 her oral exam and she texted me in the morning. And I prayed with her and I said to her that may favor go before you. When she finished the exam, she sent me a text. And then she said, Mommy, you will not believe it. I said, what? She said when she walked into the oral exam, she had three, you know, sometimes the oral, they write the question so you can read it and then you answer orally. Question number one, she knew the answer. She said question two and three, she had no idea at all. So when she answered question number one, then the examiner said, you look like a brilliant girl. It's okay, you can go. Chance or God had intervened. But you cannot use that to say, so therefore, comma, as I'm going to my next oral exam, I won't learn. When I get there, you will get what E seven or say D seven or E eight, eh? D C. Hallelujah! Are you with me this morning? So what I'm saying to you is that. Inasmuch as this is a true scripture, it is also true that the race is to the swift. Wow. And when salvation comes in, the race is to the swift. If you delay, Genesis 19. Hmm. Now that bishop has gone, you have woken up. Eh? <laughs> All those who are afraid that he will catch them. <laughs> Yesterday I was looking for ashes. I was wondering that why are the ashes not catching the people who are falling? I discovered that some people were afraid that if they approach the man of God, he will, God will tell him a thing or two. <laughs> Genesis chapter 19. I'm showing you that when it comes to salvation, you don't waste time. Genesis 19. When the morning arose, the angels hastened Lot. Are you seeing it? <laughs> Saying, you people, I don't know what you're about to. Genesis 19, I'm reading from verse 15, please. Saying, arise. Some of us have to arise, I tell you. Take your wife and your two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, you see, he didn't want to go. He lingered. Many of us are just lingering, wasting time, lingering, hoping that something will happen from something, something. 
while he lingered the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters and the Lord being merciful unto him remember Abraham had prayed for him and they brought him forth without the city and it came to pass when they had brought them abroad that he said escape for thy life look not behind thee are you there verse 18 Lord, Lord said to them oh not so my Lord as we're saying, hurry up and run away. Oh, it's not like that. Hold on. Take a little time. The committee will meet next week, Thursday. And after they are meeting, they will write a letter to the head pastor. And based on what they write to the head pastor, will now give you an answer. You are not serious yet. Why wait till next week when the committee can be convened today? Call them to an emergency meeting. Otherwise, what are they doing there? I don't even know why you bound yourself up in all that. But since you've done it already, they should come and meet now. Write the letter now. Sign it now. Tomorrow you're on your way. Anyway, let's go back. <sighs> I'm looking for where to cut the story and join somewhere. Verse 18. Lord said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold now, thy servant has found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. Have you seen, can you see the church in this? Plenty words, oh. Plenty words. You are praying, oh Lord, this is, this, but it's all just word salad. And then look at what he now says. I cannot escape to the mountain. Lest some evil take me and I die. God is sending you, say you can't go. Okay. Behold now, this city is near. This man was a very strange man <laughs> to flee unto. And it is a little one, so let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for which thou hast spoke. But still, look at 22. Haste thee! You see? So again, okay, okay, okay. You say you can't go there. You are going to this other one. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> mercy. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou come, become thither. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zohar. You know, when the Bible, when they write like this, th there's something significant about that name. There's something significant. So when I saw it, I said, ah, what does it mean? Why Zohar. So I went to look for the meaning of Zohar. If you have a good Bible, you will see it. When I checked, do you want to know the meaning of Zohar? You are sure you want to know the meaning of Zohar? The meaning of Zohar is insignificant. Insignificant. Another meaning of Zohar is little place. No wonder so many of our churches are insignificant as come when it comes to having the purpose of God achieved. No wonder so many of our churches are so small. No wonder. Because we are lingering when we ought to go. We are excusing and saying we can't go that far. We can't get that fast. This man, they are talking to you. They are telling you that they are about to destroy the city. The angels who slept in your house, you know they are angels. They've spoken to you. They've told you, get up and go. Make haste. You are lingering until they have to come. Now let me look for some people. Where may I come? Uh, who again am I looking for? They had daughters. They have a son. Go away. <laughs> And then I need two daughters. Uh, who again? Okay, one more come. 
Yes, just come. Three people. I'm supposed to have a lot, but I don't particularly like him, so I won't go. So as they have done long, the angels have to come and say, look, come. You two, come. Pastor Freddy, please come and help me. Come, please, take them. Go. For your own life. For your own life. It's okay, thank you. Otherwise, he will run you out of the compound. So that's what they were saying. Because why? They were doing long. They were lingering. But I prophesied to some people today. After this conference, some angels are going to take hold of your hand. And they are going to say to you, get moving, get moving, get moving. Move now, move now. Go in this direction, go in that direction. Come on, keep moving. As you go, God will take care of you. Don't you dare answer, oh no, it's not like that. Oh, eh. Do you understand now why so many ministries are insignificant? It's not because you don't have money. It's not because you are not called. We had already settled that one. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you to go and bring forth fruit. What other calling again do you need? What other anointing again do you need? What else do you need to prove? If Jesus himself says that I have called you, what else do we need? He has already done it. And now he's saying, come on, get, get on. Start moving. Some of you, tomorrow morning when you wake up, the Lord will speak to you and say, listen, just cross the street, cross the street. Go to that house. I'm showing you where to go. There's somebody there. Go talk to that person. Go witness to that person. You will be surprised. I said, you'll be surprised. Some of us are ready, are getting ready for a shock. Tell them, I'm getting ready for a shock. I'm telling you that you're going to see some angels tonight. Yeah. You see, you need to understand that we are believers. The Lord has given us so much. I had an experience just in this conference. It's only yesterday I was sharing it with my husband and the bishops. When Bishop Ogo was coming, we had had so many issues around this conference. And so when he texted me, I'm at the boarding gate. Then I said, Lord, bring your servant on angel's wings. It's just a prayer. I didn't know God was going to take me literally. I didn't know he was going to take me literally. So the man of God arrived on Wednesday. We had a good time. Then I got up Thursday dawn to pray. My husband and I, we have an interesting situation. My husband likes it should be a little quiet. I like it to be a little noisy. So we don't pray in the same location. Do you get it? So I opened my door at dawn around three to cross over to the room where I pray. And when I opened my window and I came out of the room, there downstairs were six men sitting in the seat. And I just said, what is that? And I just said, angels. I said, Charlie, the angels who brought the man of God, they are waiting to carry the man of God back. Oh, yeah. I never knew that my words that I had just spoken, he was going to answer them. Pastor, what did you do? What will you do? I just said, it's not my business. I'm going to pray. And I went, I didn't ask any question. Ah, what question are you going to ask them? Hey, I feel blessed, God, that I've seen you. Okay. Yeah, I just crossed. Went about my business. Tell your neighbor, don't exercise yourself in things too high for you. I knew that this one, I should not come and ask them, excuse me, gentlemen, what have you come to find in this place? What has brought you here? Should I bring you some water? No, no, no. Please, you were sitting there before I passed. 
And so whatever you, are, you, you need, ask him. I mean, even you, who is as unrighteous as me, when we send somebody, we give them the thing. I said, I need groundnuts. We give them the thing to go and buy. Is it God who is so unrighteous? And when he sends you, he won't give you what you need. Come on, come on, come on. What are you saying? I said, what are you saying? When he says, I've chosen you, he has. When he says, I'll empower you, he has. I spent a crusade we went to have in a village. I'm sorry, I wish I could give you city examples. I don't have city examples. I don't think God really called me to a city unless he says something else. We went to a village. And when we got there, the, the chief of the village was a member of our church. And so we had this nice crusade. Well, it was during the fasting time. So as we were passing to greet the chief to say we have come before going to start the crusade, I could see that the mosque was full of these young boys who are learning to recite the Quran. I had gotten up to preach as the crusade went on. And as I was preaching, if you live in the north, you know the imams by the hat they wear. I saw the imam sitting. I said, really? I just, it was just a thought. You know, Ghanaians, we are religious. And, and there's a lot of respect for each other's religion. So it doesn't really mean anything that he was there. You are seeing an elder of the town. You're just saying, I also, they've asked my permission. I mean, I approve. But I gave the altar call to my shock, the imam, in front of the whole community. He walked forward to receive Christ. Will God send you and not equip you Come on, let's get serious. Let us be serious. I said, let us be serious. Let us be serious. If he sends you, he will do it. One of the pictures there, I don't, even, I don't know if you can find it. We went to just go and preach. There was a young girl. I'd actually just about finished. And then I was told that this young girl had been in the hospital. Her mother was worried because exams were close. This was just last year. And she was in the hospital. So she had such a bad tummy ache. She'd not been able to eat anything. She couldn't walk. In fact, I noticed her because she was brought right to the crusade ground, right beside the chair in one of these uh, yellow, yellow, I don't know what you call What do we call them? The pragya. They brought her right to the seat and then they carried her. So, usually, me, I just copy my father. I'm sorry, I'm a copycat. So I just copy my father. So normally I just pray from the stage. But that night, I felt when I was called, I said, pray for the young girl. So I came down the stage and I prayed for her. And then I went back. The following night, when we finished preaching and sharing the gospel, people had been saved. I said that I'm taking testimonies. And there I saw this young lady walking with her mother and walking with her brother. And this time, she was smiling. She was brought, that night they told me we took her from the hospital and brought her here. And then, the girl began to tell us what had happened to her. And then her mother said, last night, I didn't call a pragya. After the prayer, she sat down for a while and she began to walk home. When she got home, she said, mommy, I'm feeling hungry. Somebody who hadn't eaten for days, they gave her food. Then I asked her, so what did you eat today? She smiled. And then she said she had what? Banku and okro. 
and that she was healed. Let me tell you, you see, please, oh, don't clap thinking that I'm saying that, um, no, I'm not uh, healing anything. Me, I'm a copycat. I copy, I'm a daughter, I follow my father. If he says A, I say ah. If he says B, I say B. If he says C, that's all. Do you get me? That's all. You see, but I realize that if God sends you, he'll back you up. I said, if God sends you, he'll back you up. For some of you, it's a crusade stage. For others, it's door to door, door to door. Just talking to people. Those who you meet around, you just talk to them. The person says, I'm not feeling well. You pray. It's done. You don't need a stage to pray for somebody who's not well. What does the Bible say in the book of James? James chapter 5. Is any, is any of you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. You are the elder of the church because nobody else is there at that time. James chapter 5, people. Yeah. Let them call for the elders of the church. And then he says what? Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. And the prayer of faith will heal. That is finished. Just do it and stop arguing. Let me start to end. You have to hear Bishop Freddy this morning. Hallelujah. Are you there? I, I think we will pray because some of us, that's why we are insignificant. When I say insignificant, I'm not talking about, you know, there are a few people who are blessed to have the kind of ministries that everybody around the world will know them. Most of us are not like that. But where you are, you must be significant. Where you are, where you what? Ah, where you are. The people to whom God sends you, you must be significant to them. You must be significant to them. Yeah. And it comes by speed. Are you in the church? Just do what God asks you to do. Just do what he asks you to do. In this church, my church is about 70% student because of its location. And I used to pray for my students when they're going for exams. I prayed for them because I prayed. That's all. But after a while, the prayers became significant to them. Because as I prayed, it happened. As I prayed, it happened. As I prayed, it happened. Oh yeah. Practically. That's what I'm saying. That So it's not in the news. It's not anybody. You will not be reading gra- graphic. It's not even at the station. But to the people to whom I have been sent, I must be significant. To the people to whom you are sent, you must be significant. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Some of us have to repent because God gave you instructions you didn't do. Now you are stuck. Begin to speak to the Lord. Have mercy on me. Send me one more time. Give me another chance. He's the God of the second chance. Give me another chance. Speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord. Oh, I don't like this lukewarm prayer, please. Lift up your voice and begin to pray like a believer. Talk to God. We are being empowered in this conference. We are going out as called people. We are going out as different people. Have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on us, Lord. 
fire one more time. Let's sing it one more time. Ah, light the fire. The fire is being lit tonight. A fire is being lit tonight. A baton is changing hands tonight. It's being placed in your hands. Some people here, you have been witnessing. He's just refreshing the oil. He's just refreshing. You've been sharing him. He's refreshing. For others, it has gone out. He's replacing it. He's replacing it. Just receive it where you are standing this morning. Oh, just receive it. Oh, we give you We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Please take your seat. I was going to end, but the Lord is just, I hadn't finished my message, and the Lord is just pushing me to finish it. So just give me another 10 minutes before Bishop Freddie comes in. Now, I've spoken about going. I've spoken about trying to get things done. But after you have done that, for those of us who are in churches, and most of us are, we also need to learn the secret of industrialization. I'll explain the secret of industrialization. You see, we don't have many industries, if we have any at all left by now. In Ghana, most have been killed by taxation, over taxation and a whole lot of things. So it hasn't allowed the industries to live. But you will see that the nations that have moved ahead industrialized. In other words, they made a plan and in that plan, they decided we want to produce something for profit. Amen? Oh, you're not minding me again. Yeah, we're producing something for profit. So if you are industrializing, a car just doesn't happen to happen to fall together. It's a, something that it's, it's, what's the word? It is scheduled to work like that. Amen. Now, if you look at any government that's in power, they're also industrialized. What is their industry about? Being re-elected. So everything, everything aims at being re-elected. Whether in the first year, second year, third year. That's why sometimes you wonder how a certain conclusion is made. And you're like, ah, why? Because it doesn't make sense to you. They're not trying to make sense. They're trying to be re-elected. Hey, you are very quiet, la. Yeah. But why you say that? Ah, but if they didn't want to be re-elected, they wouldn't be politicians. That's their, that's their aim, to be re-elected. So if I have to, whatever they have to say, that's the aim. So we too, we must industrialize. What's our industrialization? Souls, that's what we must produce. What is our profit? Souls. 
Why is it important? I've spoken about the importance of moving and of going. Now, what has happened is that because we haven't industrialized, we have shifted our focus. So, remember Bishop was talking about the fact that we can have five conventions in the year. Conventions don't win souls. Conventions bless the body of Christ. It's not a crime to bless the body of Christ. But when you remember that you've been brought together for souls and you haven't thought about souls and you've just enjoyed church the whole year, then you see that there's a problem. There's a problem. So if you want to win souls in your church, you need to industrialize it. And that's what I want to explain this morning. Amen. When you industrialize your church, there are things you may do that will not even make sense to other people. But you're not trying to make sense to other people. You are trying to win souls. So the reason, just like how in politics, the reason for anything we do is to be re-elected, that's how the reason for anything to continue to be in the church is so that it wins souls. The church has become very quiet. But I think I, I should carry my own amens in my belly and be saying it from time to time. I'm used to preaching to young people. You know, some of you, you have become stiff before time. So, <laughs> hallelujah. So let me explain what I'm trying to say. And I'll explain it with examples as I can. So for example, in my church I have a lot of dancers. And you may argue, I, I told you I copied, so I copied it from my father. And you may argue that, ah, dancing in the house of God. And people have been very angry with us. Amen. Oh, yes, I've been called names. I've had some people standing out here in something and a whole lot of things, you know. Things have happened. And their argument is that it's a church. Why are they dancing in the church? I have two answers for them. The first answer is, where should we go to dance? I mean, I like that. I don't go in the night anywhere. But the more important reason is that I have an industry that must win souls. Ah, so, how do your dancers win souls? Take your time. I'm coming. I'm explaining. Tell your neighbor, stop rushing. I'm explaining. And I will explain it with an example. We were going to do some uh, outreach in a place not so far from here. And so we decided, we got the permission. And so we were going to go and invite the people in the hostel and say, we are coming to speak to you. When we opened the door and we entered the hostel, the first smell was the smell of we. Every room. <laughs> I'm sure you know the area I'm talking about. Thank you. They grow the we in the room. They smoke the we. I mean, when you enter, some of the floors, you enter through a cloud. They have smoked. Uh... So, after the outreach, I called my leaders. I said, you know something? As I'm looking at these yeah. people, eh, are you sure I could say that we do? 
that we're going to stand and sing, Jesus is the answer. It's, it's not going to work here. If we don't take care, they'll even pour water on us. Is Kwame here? Is Gideon, Gideon is Kwame also here? Who else? Where is he? Kwame arrive. Chucky is fine. No, which one again? Are you in the house? You're annoyed with me already. <laughs> Please, I didn't say go and have one in your church. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that I have an industry that wants to win souls. A part of my industry sings. I realize that these we smokers, when I go and we sing that Jesus is the answer, they won't even mind us at all. Not only that, they're also very rude. They're also very, aha. Uh-huh. They are very rude. You will not even easily recover. So, are you people ready or you are still taking time? I realize that I need another language to speak to them. And I remembered Second Chronicles chapter 20 when they were going to war and you are supposed to go with bow and arrow and this time they went with songs. I said, okay, we too, we are going with dancers. Yeah. And I knew that the Christians and the righteous people like you will not like it. And you will not be happy with me. But it was not you I was looking for. I was trying to win some souls and I needed them to listen to me. Manager, very soon, speak. the wind will pass. So this is the kind of music we carry there. Listen, I said I have an industry. I'm looking for souls. The people are bombed out on we. They won't even hear. I need a language they will understand. At that time, today I have a lot of dancers. But in those days, I think we had about 
2025, something like that. So I called my campus. We had another church. I mean, a branch of our church. I called the leader. I said, Charlie, people, loan us some dancers. Albert, were you in the campus church at the time? Or it was before your time? They said, oh, really? Okay. So they added 25 dancers to my dances. And we went. When this group dances, this kind of dancing, please don't try it in your house, I beg you. You may not. <laughs> they, one group will dance 40 minutes. Then they'll go. Then another group. Then they'll go. Then, you know, just interchanging like that. I thought when it was time for the wedding, and as they danced, they started coming. Watching on their corridors. Hey. I thought when it was time for the wedding, said the dance is over, they will go. They didn't go. They stayed there. We even acted a drama. We preached. We won souls. People gave their lives to Christ. As we were down there, people were upstairs knocking on doors. Door to door. Door to door. Door to door. Talking about Jesus. Winning souls. Winning souls. That's my industry. I don't know what your industry is. So you may see them as unspiritual young men who are area boys throwing their legs around. I'm very happy to inform you that both of them are preachers. Yeah. You see them dancing like that? They have a group they preach to each one every Thursday. That's their pastor. They preach. You may come and throw your legs around, but they are bona fide anointed men of God. Yeah. This one here, has about 34 people he preaches to every Thursday. Yo, you have been doing your church all this time. You are two and a half times his age. And your church, you are still struggling to reach 50. You will not be quiet and just see, is there something I can add to what I'm doing? You are rather saying other things. So they exist. So when you come on Sunday, they are here dancing. Not because we need them for the Holy Spirit to work. But for two reasons. Dancers attract dancers. Yes. A lot of the bad boys and girls who enter the church, they stay because they are dancing. But by the time they are aware, they have heard gospel. They've given their life to Christ and they too are part of the industry. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I'm just sharing it with you that no matter what you do, in the church. The end is souls. So when we look at the thing and souls are not produced, we delete. We change it. I hope you are with me. We change it. Uh -huh. So these are my instrumentalists that Bishop was on their case. Apart from one or two, they all preach. You see. And I remember telling Bishop that I was coming to tell them that the reason why he didn't know you preach is that this is number one in your heart and your preaching is number two instead of the other way around yeah because if you don't win a soul then don't play an instrument if you don't go and preach because that's where we are going if you don't do something and you don't help then sit down yeah sit down yeah you are a video man you are videoing so we are winning souls. <laughs> yeah. 
Amen. So as you are videoing for some time, after a while, we'll ask you, what do you think you are doing? Are you part of the industry or not? So this is my Asha, how he has bread. This Asha will organize the people. They will do the everything. They will put everything there. I come and say, preach. You say, oh, mommy, I can't. Preach. I say, mommy, I can't. Preach. Year one. Year two. I was just watching him. Year three. One day, we said, brother, it's happening on Thursday or you get out. It's happening on Thursday or you are, You cannot be. No, 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 no. After I had given him the command, the way I went to pray, I said, Lord, let him enjoy preaching. Help him to preach. Let it be enjoyable. So that I don't know who had more attention, him or me. I was just waiting, waiting. At the end of the evening, I was waiting for his text. He said, ah, mommy, I enjoyed preaching. I said, that's it. As you have started, you cannot end. So even though you are running around, bringing envelopes, bringing oil, what? Sweeping, cleaning. Souls. 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 Pastor, the reason why they are disturbing you, they don't have any work to do. They don't have any work to do. That's why when you preach, they are not impressed. Because as soon as they have to preach, they say, hey, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. As soon as they have to gather people, they say, ah, I talked to 13 of my members, only four. Okay. Hey! So if politicians too, and that they say everything is for, for, for votes, we too, we say everything is for souls. It's for souls. So Sunday is practice day for dancers so that when they go out, they're not afraid of crowds. Sunday is practice day. We call our uh, drama group, we call them film stars. After all, it's not a film we want to watch. They are film stars. Recently, I had two very green girls. And we started to train them. Last Sunday, I realized that Charlie, now they climbed the stage with confidence. I said, eh, eh, the plan is working. Very soon, very soon. I said, very soon, very soon, very soon. They will be in some area acting a play there. And when they finish, souls will be won. Souls will be won. So it is not that the church, Bishop Dag, has backslidden. Oh. Let's be serious. No, 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 no. After all, prodigal son, when he came back, is it not music and dancing they used to work on? <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, we must win souls, win the lost at any cost. We'll do anything. We'll do it. The, the secondary schools, when they stopped us from coming, we changed our coach. He said, <laughs> You see, we are coming from KNDS and we realize that uh, the, the, the students, they don't know the subject to choose <laughs> on their forms. But it's not true. When you go and do uh, what? Uh, home science. <laughs> you know, when you do the combination, you don't know what subjects to apply, so you bounce. So we said, they don't know what to apply for. And they bounce, so... <laughs> Hey, we are some Christian students. We just like to come and tell them. Then we'll catch one engineer, one what? Lady Reverend Humi, help me. They are your people. Give her a microphone. 
Hey, volume before I beat somebody this morning. Uh huh. Hello. Uh huh. So we have, um, we used to have a doctor. We a have doctor. those who present on pharmacy, pharmacy, um, nursing, nursing department, um, architecture, architecture, engineering, engineering. Yeah. Oh, you can sit down. Yeah. Okay. The arts, built up. Yes. Then the arts. Yes. Do you think I mind what cause the children do? <laughs> do you really think I mind what cause they do? Not at all. But you see, if I want to get inside that place, by the time the doctor has climbed up, and in some occasions we were even blessed that the person speaking was from that school. So I used to be here, this and that, and then I got into the medical school. So you need, if you have this subject and this subject and this subject, and don't mind what they have on the website, you need to get this mark to go in. Then they, when they finish, they will say, oh, we have some small entertainment. The entertainment is a preaching. Somebody will come with a, 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 a film. When I say film, drama. By the time the drama is over, and so, just like the young man entered his father's house again and turned away, so also God is looking for you. You too, you have left God. You want to come back to him. Turn around. He's waiting for you. He's calling you. Come on. Amen. Because we are looking for what? Souls. That's why I'm asking you whether you really think I mind what cause they choose. I can choose metal work scrap for all I care. I mean, <laughs> It's also a cause. Why not? But the point I'm making is that if that dress is what will help us to enter and it is not a dirty dress, I mean, it's not like doing something simple. Well, wait a minute. Paul said something. I, that I am all things to all men. Why? So that by all means, I will save some. It's time to industrialize your church. Check through everything. Oh, my administrator. My administrator, he's not only a preacher. He has a whole section. All the churches from Kenyasi Garden City, all the way to Asafo, they're under him. You can't just come and be adding plus and minus. Rebbe Albert, are you not an administrator too? In my husband's church. And you have churches under you from where to where? Please give the microphone. Are the people awake in this church at all? How many? You didn't sleep last night. From Ebuakwa Sepasi to Apatrapa Town. Apatrapa New Town. I don't even know something. It's also a place. 4 BN. And then South Sundresu. Amen. So, yes, you are the administrator of the church. Yes, you have to make sure that this that is written coincides with that and this and that and that. But please, so when we go to heaven, it's not administration that we are going to... No, 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 no. 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 In your back pocket are your souls. In your shirt pocket are your souls. Yes, Lord, it is true. I had to count the money for the church and record it. But that's not what I'm bringing to stand here. I'm coming with Ebuakwa. I'm coming with Apatrapa. I'm coming with Thousand Trezo. I'm coming... Look... When you finish organizing your church like that, I promise you, your problems will be few. Your problems will be what? Hey, the, 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 the church is very quiet. Oh. Yeah, I'm ending. Thursday is my quietest day in the week. 
Why? That's the day when every dancer, even these characters sitting behind the, <laughs> these ones sitting behind the computer, everybody, everybody is going to preach to some two or three or five or ten or fifteen or twenty-five people. Hey, so if everybody is preaching, who is listening? The people who are listening, some of them know that they are trotting. Soon they'll be sent out to go and start their own. So Thursday is my most peaceful day because they have to work on gathering their people for service in the night. Are you there? They have forgotten to text me that my head is paining me. They have forgotten to text me that my mother is a witch. They have forgotten to text me I've got diarrhea. I've been running through the night. They have forgotten to text me that I'm feeling hungry. They have forgotten. Everybody is working. Everybody is working. And at the end of the night, so I can do my own something, and at the end of the night, I open and I see how many first timers, how many brought to the Lord, how many brought, how many brought. Industrialize your church. Industrialize. All these people who are sitting down, chasing gogomi, chasing dwarfs. Send them, put them to work, put them to work. It will resolve a lot of problems. Please stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Oh, just lift up your hands. There's a song on my heart. I don't know if we can sing it, but we're going to try. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory. Honor and power unto the Lord our God. For the Lord our God is mighty. Yes, the Lord our God is omnipotent. The Lord our God, He is wonderful. Let's start from the beginning. Hallelujah. We need a mic here, please. If you don't have volume, ask for it. Volume, 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 volume. The Lord our God is omnipotent. The Lord our God, He is wonderful. All praises be to the King, our King, and the Lord our God, He is wonderful. All praises be to the
Hallelujah. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He is wonderful. He's the mighty one. Oh, there is none like him. There is none like him. There is none before him. There is none after him. He is all in all. He is all in Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Put your hands together. Amen.